I bet you've heard this quote before. If you find a job you love, you'll never work again. Well, that quote is attributed to Winston Churchill, and we wholeheartedly agree. Today, Dave is going to tell you about his career, the ups and downs, why it's so important to find a career that you love. Good day and welcome to the Save Like Dave podcast, where we are on a mission to help you save and win with your money on almost any income level. Dave retired at 55, traveled the world, and lived abundantly, all while making well under $50,000 a year his entire career. Now it's your turn. Let's take your financial dreams to the next level. Today's episode is all about the working world. Dave's going to share a little bit about his experience, how he got started, and why it's important to find a career that you enjoy. Well, thanks, Nate, and thanks for joining me on my podcast today. And we want to talk about finding the job that you love. But before that, I want to just tell you my story because it's actually a little bit different than that. I've been retired now for well over 10 years, but before I made the jump into full-time retirement, I worked for 30 years at Sears. Now, I know some of you younger people, and those are the people I'm trying to connect with, have may not even heard of Sears, but that was a, a large retail company. And for you people that are my age and in their 40s and such, uh, you've heard of Sears. And at one time, it was the largest retail company in the world. And it was the Walmart of its day back in the 50s and 60s and even the 70s. But like almost, well, I would say every company over time they have their ups and they have their downs and they eventually go out of business. And all that to say, I did work for one company 30 years. That's not as common as you see today. I know Nate can tell you that he worked many different jobs already since he and his wife founded their own business online. And it's just normal now to do that. But when I was starting, leaving your job was not normal. Yeah, the average was most people stay and work for their company for 30 years, which is what you had done with Sears. Yeah. So anyway, let me share my story. I began uh, working for Sears uh, full-time in Albany, Oregon. And uh, I was right out of college. And I really actually wanted to get into the wood products business in Oregon, but uh, I wasn't able to do that. And so I got a job at Sears. I had worked part-time for Sears in Massachusetts when I was in high school and college. But in Oregon, I got a full-time job. I was really happy about that. And I was actually making a decent living, I thought. And I was originally in hardware sales as a commission person, and I found out that I was actually pretty good at that. I like uh, connecting with people, and once I learned the products, I was uh, you know, one of the top salespeople in, in that particular department, and uh, I did pretty good. However, after about a year or so, I, I realized I liked it, but I, I wanted more of a challenge. And for me, that was getting into management. And so after that first year or so, I got my first department manager job, and I managed three departments, paint, housewares, and electrical. I know that's kind of silly now to think about it, but I managed those three departments, and uh, I found it really interesting. I learned a lot about managing people. Uh, There's some special skills that you need to have to do that, and those skills helped me for the rest of my career. After, I think it was about two and a half, three years in Albany, there was a brand new store opening in Portland, Oregon. And so I applied for that. And I was one of the, I think it was about 10 of us that were managers of specific departments. Now, this was a really big store. And I managed primarily the paint department and the housewares department. 
it was a, a huge paint department, to be honest with you. We were in a newer area, then uh, there's a lot of housing development, and uh, it was quite exciting. It was fun. And in retail, your work-life balance is a little bit strained, to put it mildly. Some days I'd work some nights. I worked every weekend. And, you know, it's, it's interesting work, but there's some challenges as well. There's always something new, but I did get tired of the long hours. Over a period of years, you know, I managed several departments, and eventually I became an operations manager. And what that means is I managed the expenses of the store. The store manager would manage the sales and promotion, and I would manage the expenses. I oversaw human resources, loss prevention, the uh, cleaning crew, that kind of thing. And I was uh, the key person to make sure that we made some money every year. And so I did that in 30 years. I worked in six stores in two different states. Now, all that to say, it was a good job from the perspective that I had a consistent paycheck every month. However, I can honestly say that it wasn't the best job for me personally. And that's kind of sad for me to think about now as a retired person. So it wasn't a bad job, but it wasn't the best job. And that's my goal today is to talk to you about how you get that best job. I'm encouraging you to think differently about your work and find the job that you love and don't settle like I did. And I don't feel bad about what I did. I just know that I I would have enjoyed another job better. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds like, you know, your your strengths fit in the operations as right. far as your organization and financial understanding. Right. But the actual day-to-day of it maybe was not your favorite thing. That's right. I w- I would agree with that. This may take some time and you may go through a few before you find that job, but it will be worth it. And I dare say when you find it, it will no longer be work to you, but it will become your passion. And you won't believe that you get paid for doing something you love. So here are some thoughts for you to consider. If you're young and just getting started, maybe you're in high school or you're in college right now, I would encourage you to look at internships. You know, look at a company that maybe you're interested in and and you could work for little pay or maybe even no pay. Let's think about this. What if you're interested in real estate? Well, You can't be a realtor at 16, but you could work in an office. You could uh, run errands. You could just be there as a helper and learn some skills in a real estate office. Now, that may not be as easy as another type of experience, but maybe you know somebody that already is an experienced realtor and they would take you under their arm, so to speak, and help you with that. Maybe you're interested in engineering. And you could uh, talk to an engineer, take him out to lunch and ask him every kind of question possible. You know, what is it like? Tell me about your work experience and how many hours do you work? And what do you find most interesting? What is the least interesting? And so on and so forth. Whatever your field is, let's put it that way. Find somebody that's doing it right now and get to know them and ask them those questions. The who's, the what's, the where's, the when's. What is it that they love about their work and see if that fits into your interests? Now, here's something else to consider, and that's what we call personality tests. If you're, again, just getting started, or maybe you're mid-career and you know that you're not in the right career, you can take a personality test. The couple that I know of, one is called Myers-Briggs. It's been around for years. Another one is Clifton Strengths, or that was previously known as a Strengths Finder. And these are tests that you can take to see what are you naturally drawn to. 
And I will tell you that generally, you want to go and work in a field that you naturally are good at. Like, for example, if you find as a younger person that you just like tinkering, you like working on the car, you like cooking at home, you just, whatever your natural strength is, that's probably, basically, I would say a God gift is telling you that that's your natural giftedness, and that's probably where you should focus on. So these personality tests, Myers-Briggs, Clifton Strengths, and there's others out there, will help you find where you're super focused on and where you can really succeed the most. Another example that uh, you can learn from is uh, podcasts. And there's a guy named Ken Coleman. He's a radio guy, but he's written some books called, one of them is called The Proximity Principle. Another one is called From Paycheck to Purpose. And there's, I mean, zillions of people out there trying to uh, help you moving towards getting to that job that you really like. I think The Proximity Principle in particular is a really good book. And, uh, you know, being the frugal me, um, take a look at that. Go to the library where you live and take it out for free and read it. See if you can pull one thing out of that book that can help you move towards the job that you really love. Another area where you can really get some good feedback on work is your neighbors and your family. You know, for example, if you have a family member that is in a field that sounds interesting to you, maybe they're a lawyer and you've always enjoyed debating with people and asking really uh, deep questions, talk to that person, take them to lunch, learn about that particular field, or maybe it's finance. Maybe he's an accountant or she's a certified financial planner. You get the idea. There is people in your world that can help you to get to the next step in your life from the point of being in the job that you love. Yeah, and actually another point on that as well, perhaps your friends are continually asking you on the same types of questions. So that can maybe reveal more the type of work that you should be doing. Is is it something that people are consistently coming to you for help? Oh, that's really good, Nate. That's really good. That is spot on. So like what Nate's saying is if you find that you just really enjoy fixing things and and you are helping your family maybe paint the house or uh, repair the car or work in the yard and you like it, that would be a really good example of kind of follow that and see if that's maybe that's something you would really be enjoying so much that you wouldn't even consider it work. Then you would say, wow, I get paid to do this. All right, the last little thing that I want to talk about is books. And I know books are a little bit out of style. Uh, It's kind of like for us old folks, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, Most of you find your information, the younger ones, on podcasts and uh, reading information online. But I'll tell you, there's still value in reading books. And I'm going to tell you one book that kind of blew me out of the water. And it's not that actually that old. It's called The 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah, that was a good one. It was really interesting. Just by the title, you know, caught my eye. And I read through it and I thought, man, that is really interesting. And I'm not going to tell any more other than maybe a little uh, a tease. Like, just get that book at, at the library, The 4-Hour Workweek. It's uh, by Tim Ferris. Ferris, thank you. We both read it. It's really good. Another book is called Start. And it's, again, to get you motivated to get out there and find that best job for you. And as the title says, it means to get started. But the main thing is you want to find books that interest you related to your careers. All right, let's face it. Most of us are going to be in the working world for many, many years. Most of us are not going to be like that person that I spoke about on the last podcast who retired at 28. 
Yeah, probably not. Okay. And that's okay. Uh, Work is good. It's really meaningful. And if you find the job you love, it's not going to be work to you. So my goal today is to encourage you to find the job or career that you love. Now, even though my job wasn't fully satisfying, it did give me my base income. And over time, by investing in real estate and the stock market, I was able to reach my goals. So there's something you can take from that. All right, maybe you aren't in the best job that really you know that's for you, but you can still win with money, is my point. As you know by now, I was able to retire early and on a lower paying career, and it wasn't even my passion. Just think what you could do with finding that awesome job earlier in your career and then retire on your terms. Now that is a win-win. Yeah, that's something that uh, maybe this is the younger generation or myself. I guess I'll put myself in the younger generation. Right. You know, we wanted to find a job that we enjoy doing and also can make money, you know, make a good amount of money doing. So if you can find that awesome job and make money, well, then as the quote says, you'll never have to work another day in your life. You know, it'll feel like a joy. So, you know, if, you, if you're young and you have the ability to try a bunch of careers, and we definitely recommend you do that. And as Dave mentioned, kind of some of the other items of personality tests or books or neighbors, family, friends, whatever it takes to help you find that job, because that is the ultimate win-win, a job that you love and a job that you can prosper in. Yeah, I mean, just to end, you know, when you find that work that you love, you will be more fulfilled professionally and personally, and I can pretty confidently predict that you will be rewarded handsomely for your efforts. And just to add one last thing, maybe you are not, you know, you're not a finance guy or gal, and I understand that, and you, you know, say, hey, I want to be a teacher. I love teaching, and I know it doesn't make a lot of money. Or I want to work for a nonprofit, and I know it doesn't make a lot of money. Well, I can I can be pretty confident to say that's okay because I, I in a sense I did that too. I never made a lot of money, but I was able to succeed financially. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great point. All right, let me emphasize three points and we'll be done today. Have you ever thought of changing your job? Are you just going through the motions at work? If so, it's time to get serious about it and do something this week that will move the needle to finding that next job. The next point I want to emphasize is, did any of you relate to my job? If so, did it stir something deep inside? Something deep inside that said, enough is enough. I am not going to settle. I'm going to find a new job. I will turn my passion into a paying job. And the last thing is, between internships and books on the subject, podcasts, there are tons of things you can do to move the needle that will get you to your dream job. What will you do this week? And as I always do, I want you to do one particular thing this week. I want you to take action. And this week, what I would suggest that you do is block off a specific period in your week and brainstorm on what your passion is. Think through what skills you need to get to that next level. Who do you need to know that could help you? What will this weekly time look like as I focus on my goal to find the best job for me. Okay, you get the idea? Make time to win with your career. That's such a good point. And, you know, so much of our life is going through the motions and following routines or doing what we're expected to do or 
what we think we need to do, but so little is setting aside time like you mentioned here to brainstorm and really think through what you want to do or what you need to do to get to the next level mm-hmm. to figure out where you want to go in your career. So set aside that time. We know that's going to be crucial. That's all for today's episode. On the next episode, it's all on making a budget. You're thinking, what? why should I even care about making a budget? Well, the next podcast, Dave is going to delve into this subject, and I dare say he may surprise you with some fantastic reasons for having one. I'm sure if you join him, you will learn something very important on your road to financial independence. So take that journey and learn another way to win with money on next week's episode. And before we go, we do want to ask, we haven't actually asked this very often, but we do want to ask that you take 30 seconds on your podcast app of choice and leave a review or share this podcast with a friend. If you could just share this episode, share this podcast or leave a review, one of those two things will help us out tremendously. That's ultimately the biggest opportunity to support us is to leave a review on your podcast app or share this podcast with a friend. That wraps up this episode. And uh, we do want to preface this scripture here before we get started. This is from the New Testament on, on Luke. Dave's going to end with this scripture, and we do want to preface this. We talk a lot about money every week. However, as we might have mentioned, money is just the ability to give you more options in life. And as we hope you know by now, money is not the be-all and certainly not the end-all. Yeah, thanks, Nate. I'm glad you did share that, and I I 100% agree. Uh, Money's important, and we all need it to to live, but uh, it is not the be-all, end-all. So Luke has got a really good uh, scripture that I think will touch on that. Luke 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions.